Hey everybody, I'm Maggie. And I'm Amber. And this is Crime Country. Today we're in West Virginia. West Virginia is the 41st largest state, or the ninth smallest, I guess, and the 38th most populous with about 1.8 million people. West Virginia became a state in, the, in 1861 at the start of the Civil War when that section of the state wanted to separate from the Confederacy and they did so. <laughs> the state is known for its mountains and rolling hills and for its logging and coal mining industries. It's believed that District 12 in the Hunger Games is based off of the West Virginia area of the United States. Oh, that's interesting. <laughs> yeah, uh, coal mining and stuff in the oh, boat. Yeah. All right. And when John Denver recorded the song "Take Me Home, Country Roads" about West Virginia, he'd I never. It's such a good song. He'd never actually been to West Virginia oh. at that time. Yeah. Um, if you visit West Virginia, you could take part in many recreational opportunities, including skiing, whitewater rafting, fishing hiking, backpacking, mountain biking, and rock climbing. There's also many historical sites in the state. Uh, it was a border state in the Civil War. Or, if you go to West Virginia, you could visit the Trans-Allegheny Lunatic Asylum. Which Ooh, that sounds interesting and scary at the same time. Yeah, so it's crazy looking. I almost did my story on it, it just wasn't long enough but I'm gonna tell you a little bit about it right now. So it was later renamed the Weston State Hospital, and it was this gorgeous hospital built in 1858, and it was designed to hold 250 people, mental patients, basically, and it was designed specifically to change the way that people were treating mental illness at the time. So it was built with like these really tall ceilings, open air windows so people could have fresh air and lots of nature views from their room and have like space to do their recovery and stuff. That's nice because I'm sure that makes such a difference just having like the nature and the openness. Yeah and just some air and you know in 1858 they were diagnosing a lot of things as mental disorders that they didn't fully yeah. understand. And so it wasn't always like a long lasting thing. It was like uh, addiction or, you know, like mental lapses or anything. They would be like, oh, they're crazy. Put them in the mental hospital. Uh, and so this was designed specifically to treat it better and help people recover instead of just like putting them away in a hospital. Um, but over the years, it just got more and more crowded. They just kept sending more and more and more people there. And by the 1950s, so like almost 100 years after it was built, it housed 2,600 people at one time. Holy shit. And it was built for 250? Yeah. So they had people like sleeping Ooh. on gross, dirty floors. Obviously, the staff couldn't even keep up with the demand of everything. Oh like, my it was, God, I bet it was disgusting. Yeah. It was built with an on-site like greenhouse and farm area so they could cultivate their own food was the design originally. But then when it had that many people, there wasn't enough people with enough time to cultivate the food. And then yeah. it wasn't producing enough food to take care of everybody. So people were going hungry and it was disgusting inside because the staff couldn't keep up. And the really bad cases, so like criminals were being sent there, 
plus people who are mentally ill, plus addicts, all sorts of people. And so the people who are really like unwell or dangerous were just getting literally put in cages. Oh my god. To keep them away from everybody else. Terrible. Yeah, and then like six people were being put in a room for one that was built for one person. And then in the 1950s, they started the West Virginia Lobotomy Project. And so they started doing lobotomies on people where they like jam metal into your brain. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah. So a bunch of people who were like physically healthy were left permanently injured and or dead from all the lobotomies they were trying in this hospital. And that went on for a while. And the hospital was used until 1994. Holy shit. Yeah. How? Not in a great capacity. And then it was finally shut down. And now it has like... 1994? 1994. That's not even that long ago. No. Like, respectively. Yeah. Like, that's so recent. That's crazy. It was not being used well. I think they had stopped the lobotomies by that time, but it I was so. still overcrowded and just like disgusting and shitty. So finally, they shut it How down. And they night- passed like a health inspection. I don't think they were, <laughs> but Ooh. yeah. So it has this crazy history, and a lot of people like died there. And so now the main, a couple rooms in the main level are used as like different museums for the period, and then parts of the rest of the building are open for historical or paranormal tours so you can go big time and it's like this cool looking building like it was fancy when they built it it looks like some old english manor it's all huge with like steeples and bricks and like beautiful but like creepy at the same time so yeah if you visit west virginia you could check that out i can't believe that it was functioning until 1994. That's freaking insane to me. Yeah, you should look at it. Oh, it looks like a pretty cool place. Hey, isn't it pretty? Wow, that's gorgeous. Yeah. That thing's massive, but I mean, not 2,600 people massive. Yeah, Um, and some of the rooms still have like operating tables and like crazy stuff in them. Because they just like left it one day in 1994, it got shut down and they just left it and left everything that was in there in there. Man, there's like an interior picture and it's pretty creepy. Yeah. Like these stairs and the walls are coming apart. Yeah, so it got so gross that the wallpaper was like peeling, but then like the Ooh. people kept there were like scratching it off the walls because they were. Oh my god, that just gave me the chills. People scratching the wallpaper off the walls. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, and all the windows got like a huge gross. coat of grime on them and stuff. So it has a fascinating history. Man, and it's so pretty to go there, right? Like, just for the like, it's so pretty and historical and creepy at the same time, like, all those things. And it's so big and kind of neat. I don't know, massive, yeah. It does look really awesome from the outside, though. Yeah, it's gorgeous. It doesn't look like it belongs in America, like, (laughs) no, it looks definitely like I don't know, it's crazy looking. Yeah, so it's awesome. If you go to West Virginia. That's an option to visit. You can do overnight paranormal tours. I don't know if I would be like ballsy enough to do that. That place looks pretty freaking creepy. Yeah, and a lot of people died there. It was in business for like 150 years. There's like a... And it was an insane asylum. Oh, I'm looking at a photo and there's just like bathtubs like lined up. They used to do... um, 
electroshock therapy? No, but hydrotherapy. Oh. Yeah. Um, cool. Yeah, so it seems pretty neat. Alright, that's really cool. Yeah. I'm gonna stop looking at those pictures. <laughs> it was worth looking at, though. Um, yeah, no, it was totally worth looking at. Now I wanna go visit. Yeah. I just wanna go to, like, a castle. <laughs> I just wanna go during the daytime when it's light outside. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't um, wanna be there after dark. Me neither. <laughs> That is so creepy. Okay, moving on. Some weird laws in West Virginia include it's illegal to spit on any sidewalk that a woman may walk down. Okay, that's like all the sidewalks? Yeah. (laughs) Women should be able to walk everywhere. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Doctors and dentists cannot place a woman under anesthesia without a third person present. Oh, well, I guess that makes sense. Yeah, I saw a really weird, like, oxygen movie one time about this lady who got raped by her dentist when he put her under. Oh, heck no. See, that's why there has to be those laws, because there's one fucking weirdo out there that just does things like that. Yeah, and I think it was based on a true story, and then she got pregnant, and her husband thought she was cheating on him because he had a vasectomy and, like, couldn't have any more kids, and then she got pregnant, and her husband was like, you're cheating on me. And she probably had no recollection. She had no idea. So she was like, I don't know how I got pregnant. And eventually she had to, like, fight against her dentist, and then he was, like, slandering her and stuff. It was a crazy movie, and now I'm like, I never want to be put under... Yeah, no kidding. I didn't even think about that. Like, I guess I'm just like, I trust you. Even though there's so many, like, horror stories of people in those positions that just, like, take complete advantage. Yeah, and I think I saw that movie when I was, like, 14. Oh, God. (laughs) I've always just been like, they never put me under, so. Well, that's good. I think I only I only went under one time when I got my wisdom teeth pulled out and my awake. mom was there. I was awake when I had my wisdom teeth pulled. Yikes. I was just totally numb. <laughs> it was intense. Okay, anyways. You cannot walk a lion, tiger, or leopard even on a leash. Oh, is it even um, legal to have a lion, tiger, or leopard? I don't know. I don't think... Tiger King all up in this business? I don't think he's too far away from there, but... I don't know where he's at. I don't remember either from the show. <laughs> I binge-watched the crap out of that, but I don't even remember where they lived. Louisiana? Tennessee? Oh. I don't know. Um, you can be fined a dollar for each offense of swearing in public. Oh, man, I'd be fined so much. Me too. Yikes. I should clean my mouth up before I go to West Virginia. Especially if you're going to a haunted house castle. Oh, Yeah. Shit, yep. that was scary. Oh, fuck. <laughs> oh, damn it. <laughs> a person may not hold public office if they've ever participated in a duel. Oh. And lastly... Oh, not lastly. Roadkill can be taken home and eaten. Hmm. That's against the law in Utah. Because people just want to take, like, big game home and they want to prevent that from happening, I guess. I don't know. Oh. Hmm. And lastly... Whistling underwater is prohibited. How do they know you're whistling underwater? How do you even whistle underwater? You just blow bubbles. You don't do it in West Virginia. (laughs) Now I want to try to whistle underwater. Is that weird? No, I do too, but I never go swimming, so just stick my head in the sink. Yeah, it's just (laughs) next time you take a bath, you just sink a little little lower. (laughs) I'm going to try it, and I'm going to send you a Snapchat. And then I'll drown because I'm usually drunk in the bath. Oh, yeah, that's, 
Let's not let you do that then. <laughs> <laughs> so this is West Virginia. Thanks for bearing with us. All right, you're up first this week. Okie dokie. So this week, my story is as weird as it is awful. Sweet. So <laughs> yeah, it's going to be a pretty bad one this week. Um, I just can't comprehend or wrap my head around the thought process of these people um so we'll see how you do with it okay (laughs) (laughs) it's it's pretty freaking gross and awful and terrible and yeah so let's just jump right into it all right i'm intrigued so um larry mcclure mcclure i think that's how you say m-c-c-l-u-r-e mcclure yeah okay larry mcclure He's 55, and he actually, before this story happened, he just recently was released from jail from serving time for being a convict or for being convicted of first degree sexual assault against a female family member. And his victim was a female between the ages of six and 12. Ew. So he's a chomo. Ew. Um, and he just got out. Well, yeah, in like 2018, 2019. That's pretty recently. Oh, gross. Yeah. How long did so, he serve? People like that should be locked up forever. Yeah. Like they prey on the most sensitive people in society, the most vulnerable people, almost right. some of the most vulnerable people in our society. Uh, yeah. So he served about 17 and a half, 18 years for that charge. Um. So, but at the time he was convicted, his two daughters actually were rehomed and taken away from him at that time so they were basically kind of estranged from him at this time because he was gone for the majority of their lives locked up for probably sexually assaulting one of them yeah gross yeah we're just starting off real awful and it that's not even the worst of it oh my god i mean it gets worse (laughs) maybe it is maybe it is because child that that is probably the worst of it but um yeah, none of it's good. It's just so, all bad. Yeah, it's just all not great. That's a pretty good podcast. It's called It's All Bad. It's and all it's bad. Oh, these I've never like, heard of it. It's like these former addicts talking about their experiences with addiction. Oh, that sounds interesting. And they're they're funny, and they tell these crazy stories about when they were like homeless, living on the streets in the middle of their addiction, and the crazy stuff that happened to them, and like. Huh. in and out of jail and all sorts of stuff it's it's interesting and really like lighthearted for the content i don't know i have to look into it yeah. so these girls were estranged from their father majority of their lives however upon release i guess um they just rekindled their relationship as a family <sighs> that's so sad so these girls are like 33 and 31 at this point so I guess they willingly, willingly uh, decided to allow their father back into their lives and reconnect and whatever they thought they were going to gain from that. Uh, like, hopefully they weren't the person that he was molesting hopefully. and they just don't want to believe it and they just want to have a dad and that's why they're letting him in their lives. Well, Sounds like hopefully. a lot of denial. Yeah, well... We'll see how your thoughts are later on in the story. Uh, the story uh, is just awful right off the bat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we hit the ground running, baby. Oh, man. <laughs> okay. 
So, um, upon his release, he lives in Sky Gusty, West Virginia. <laughs> so he gets out, and you know, when you are convicted of something like that, you're probably supposed to register as a sex offender yeah. wherever you live. Um, apparently, that wasn't on his to do list. Oh, cool. So, I don't know how long he goes without registering, but anyways, he doesn't immediately register. Don't people check up on that? Like, when you get released, at least follow up. Like, he's a danger to children. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm sure they do, but I don't know how, like, often or, like, I mean. How top of their to-do list it is. Right. I'm sure they're overwhelmed, but. Ugh. Yeah. Um, so, anyways. Going forward, he ends up eventually getting arrested because he didn't register. And so they're like, they f- maybe they go check or I don't know how it's come to light that he's not registered. But he ends up getting arrested. And that's when he just spills the beans about some terrible stuff that happened while he was out. Good. <laughs> so, like, what an idiot. But good. Be an idiot. Tell everybody all your bad deeds. Go back to prison for the rest of your life, please. Oh, he's gonna. Um, buckle up because things are about to get even weirder. Uh. All right. So after his release, he, like I said, mended his relationship with his daughters because now they're one big happy family, sort of. So one of his daughters, Anna Chowdhury, Chowdhury, I don't know how to say it. The first way sounded good. O-U-D-H-A-R-Y. Chowdhury? 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 Yeah. Um, So his daughter, the one daughter, Anna, she lives in North Carolina. And so she's not in West Virginia, but she lives in North Carolina. She moved away when she was younger, I guess, and made it that way. And then his other daughter, Amanda McClure, she lives in Minnesota with her boyfriend, John McGuire. So they're all kind of separated, but for whatever reason, when the dad gets out of jail, Amanda and John decide that they want to go to Sky Gusty, West Virginia, and they want to go live with Larry. So they're like, all right, they're going to go live with him. And at the time that they're deciding to travel down to West Virginia to go live with him, I guess Anna's down in West Virginia with her dad at this point as well for whatever reason um i don't know when she got there or why she went down there but she's living at his house for the time being huh well she's probably helping pay the bills because he just got out of prison could be i don't know oh man this story (laughs) all right so now comes all the dirty details that his daughters probably never hoped were ever revealed once he gets arrested because Larry confesses to his involvement in the murder of John McGuire. His daughter's husband? Her boyfriend. Oh. Along with the involvement of his daughter, Amanda, and Anna. So they were all involved with this murder. And I'm going to tell you all of the awful, terrible details about it. Um, but the, sh- the craziest thing about this is if Larry didn't get rearrested for his child not registering as a sex offender who knows if they would have ever got caught yeah because like months go by after they do this deed months go by it wasn't even on anybody's radar that's crazy 
So it was slightly on like this guy's daughter's radar. Like she posted and was like, I'm really concerned about my dad's well-being. So she posted on Facebook, but I don't really think that there was really much done. Like if he was ever considered like an actual missing person or. Yeah, I'm guessing that he wasn't most upstanding citizen if he was just like dropping everything to go hang out with this convicted child molester in West Virginia you know he probably wasn't on top of the world so yeah they definitely were not on top of the world yeah um now we're gonna back up a little bit Amanda and John McGuire were dating they were living in Minnesota but in late January early February 2019 they decided that they were going to go to Skyguesty, West Virginia. So they're driving, um, but their car breaks down. And so they end up calling Amanda's dad, Larry, and he's like, hey, we're broke down. Can you come get us? And so they drive down to Indiana, pick them up, and then they go back to Skyguesty, West Virginia, and they're all living in Larry's house. So from... The information that was provided in one of the articles I used by Anna, she says that Amanda and John were coming off from meth pretty hard when they were moving to West Virginia. So they're drug addicts. Um, They're like coming off detoxing, I guess, so to speak. I was going to say drugs when I was saying like, they're probably not on top of the world. Uh, They probably do drugs and drug addicts kind of disappear sometimes and people are less concerned when they just go missing because yeah might not be the first time he just left the state and didn't show up for months at a time you know or people think maybe he got arrested maybe he was in a bad a drug deal gone bad maybe he overdosed somewhere you know like yeah it's It's, sad it is sad. addiction is a real problem but it can be yeah just kind of glossed over i guess so um yeah they were coming off of meth pretty hard and it didn't take long for them to start trying to cook up some more once they got to to their new home in sky guest u.s virginia so only like 10 days go by so i mean 10 days it's pretty good i guess yeah Uh, (laughs) but um they could try a little harder you know Mm, um but so about 10 days after they get to West Virginia, the dad helps them buy like supplies and shit to cook up meth in his house. So they buy all their stuff, whatever you buy to cook up meth. I have no idea. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I did not watch all of the seasons of Breaking Bad. I actually didn't watch any of that show. And I don't know if I feel bad about not watching it or if I want to start now. I watched like the first season. It's intense, but it's a lot like Weeds. Did you ever watch Weeds? I didn't watch that show either. They're like super dramatic and there's like always this huge problem they're running from. And you're like, oh my God, how are they going to get out of this sticky situation? And it's like the walls are coming in from all angles. And then all of a sudden something amazing happens and ta-da, they fixed it. They're out of that situation. On to the next one. And then it's just like... Isn't there like seven seasons of that yeah i mean of what i watched it might have changed some but it just got it's like craziness 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 oh he escaped somehow oh no new crazy 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 situation oh he escaped again uh and same with weeds but that's just my personal opinion i don't also like prefer comedies to serious shows 
Yeah. They're too much for me. Life's too serious. I like comedies in my TV. <laughs> Makes sense. A little break. Um, so now they're trying to cook up this meth, but for whatever reason, I guess it wouldn't crystallize or collace or whatever they call it. Um, so something goes wrong. And then Amanda, she's like, all right, this is a bad batch, but she doesn't totally trash it. She keeps like the liquid that they created in a jar and is like, this is a bad batch, but we're going to go ahead and keep this liquid in this jar. Sounds safe. Yeah. So just keep that in your little back pocket. Okay. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So um, all is well, I guess, or so we think. Um, Just living happy in their little meth factory together. Yeah, they're just a happy old meth family. family. (laughs) Just living their best lives. Um, But. The story's rough. Oh, it gets worse. I'm telling you, this story is fucking weird and terrible and, like, makes you just want to just say, what the fuck? Yeah, I'm kind of already there, but... Let's, let's... Yeah, it'll it'll continue just like that. <laughs> <laughs> Keep going, trucking on. <laughs> so, uh, but we're still full throttle in this story. So, um, it's February 14th. Valentine's Day 2019. Does it get real romantic? Oh, it gets so romantic. (laughs) And so fucking weird. Um, (laughs) So Larry decides he's going to do something nice. He buys some steaks and some potatoes and some wine. And he's like, all right, we're going to have a nice Valentine's dinner together. So they do have a nice dinner. They cook up their steaks. They have their dinner. They do their thing. But then... Like, after dinner, that's when things take a turn, and they start to get really interesting. Prior to dinner, John had let Amanda's dad know, and I don't know if it was the same, like, day or if it was, like, a few days prior, but basically John had let Amanda's dad know that he was in love with her, and he had intentions of marrying her at some point. (laughs) He wanted to marry her. When you're living in a girl's dad's house making a bunch of meth. You gotta make your intentions clear. Yeah, apparently. So he's (laughs) like, man, I'm all hopped up in meth, and I really love your daughter, and I want to marry her. I just love her. (laughs) So there's a couple different, like, things that may or may have, may or may have not conspired. So the first thing is that John tells Larry, the dad, like, oh, I really love your daughter. I want to marry her. And then Larry's like, mm, I don't know about this. Like, I don't really like the sound of that. Um, um, What the fuck, Larry? You've been gone for the last 18 years. Let your daughter marry whoever the fuck she wants. Well, he wants to not let her marry him or <laughs> any other male. Oh, God. Um, oh. Yeah, I think you. <laughs> all right well let's uh keep on trucking so larry didn't like that so that's when kind of this is the turning point of everything so there's that theory where larry's just like oh hell no you're not marrying my daughter i'm gonna kill you and then there was also the mention that anna previously had the affair with john in the past that amanda didn't know about and According to Larry in one of the articles, 
this fling between Anna and John produced a child. And so Amanda still had no clue, but they decided that they were going to tell Amanda, oh, well, Anna and your boy had an affair and it produced a child. And then that just made Amanda be pissed. And she was like, fuck this guy. I want to kill him. But was Anna pregnant? No, she has <laughs> she has kids, but I couldn't find any like real confirmation that this was a thing and that she had kids by him or that they had even ever had a relationship yeah. at all. I mean, drugs make you do crazy things, especially meth, but yeah. So, I don't <sighs> know how true that is. Are the kids is- living in this home? No, the kids are in North Carolina. Thank there was no mention God. of the kids in these stories at all. Thank God, yeah. Um, yeah, that would not be an ideal living situation for yeah. those youngins. No. Um, Side note, I had three best friends in high school, and two of them were named Amanda and Anna. Oh. Yeah. Hmm. Did I say three best friends? I just mean three friends. <laughs> The three best friends that anyone ever had. The three only friends I had in high school. (laughs) So those are our two scenarios. Either Amanda is like, oh, this guy's fucked up. He had this affair with my sister and I had no idea. I don't like him anymore. He's got to die. I want him dead. Or the other theory is Larry was like, "Mm, nope, you're not going to marry my daughter. I don't like the sound of that. And you're gonna die yeah but somehow he turned the girls against him too to get them on board murdering this guy right well it's unclear whether he turned them or if it was their Amanda's idea. idea well i feel like amanda would just be be just as mad at anna you would think so. oh god this is a messy messy situation yeah they are a hot mess they're like a burning fire meth explosion mess yeah it's about to be an inferno in here so we're back at the valentine's dinner they have their nice dinner amanda has this wine bottle literally within like arm's reach of her the entire time and i don't know if it's because she was thirsty or what but that's where i keep my wine bottles it's just right by her then the whole time and then like Remember how I said things are about to get real weird? Yeah. Well, here it goes. So, after dinner, Larry, the dad, wanted to play a game. And the game he wanted to play was called the truth game. And I I don't know what that is. Um, And I didn't, like, look further into it. It sounds but, made up. I think Larry made up a game. Yeah. So, yeah, because I don't even know, like, what they were trying to get out of this truth game like what information so anyways they're Was playing this drinking game no not a drinking game just a game no we're all just gonna tell each other some stuff that's truthful that we didn't know about each other you know yeah so they're like we're gonna play this game so john's like uh okay so they fucking tie him up like his arms and his legs are tied up for this game which I don't know why. <laughs> um, that's why I said it gets freaking weird. Yeah. I don't know what the hell a truth game is. And why are you playing with, with your dad and your boyfriend and your sister? Like, tying each other up? That's fucking weird. Because murder. 
<laughs> it's about to turn that way. <sighs> so they're playing this weirdo game, and then finally John's like, okay, um, we're done with this game. And so he bends over to go and try and untie himself and untie his feet. And while he's bent over, Amanda grabs that wine bottle she was clutching so close to her, bashes him over the head while he's down. And then he gets up and he's like, whoa, he's startled. And then he backs himself into the wall and he's like holding his head. And he's just like, oh, like trying to figure out what the hell is going on. Yeah. And then they start like torturing him and like it gets real weird. So at this point, I don't know if Anna was like in on the this part beforehand or if she's just like sunk into it now but (laughs) she's like all right we're doing this basically this information and my whole story is coming from like her side of what she tells like the judge so it makes her sound better than for sure yeah so now at this point she's like oh fuck but apparently her dad and amanda were like you better do whatever we tell you to do because if you leave that's not allowed and if you know what's right for you and your children, you'll do what you're told. And so they basically threaten her and her children, according to her. And so she's like, oh, shit. Okay, I'll do what you say. Like, don't tie me up. Don't do this weirdo shit to me. Yeah. I'll do what you say. So then again, after whatever hustle and bustle goes on, John gets tied up again. And... I'm pretty highly certain there was like some drugs involved at this point because they're playing this truth game and I don't know what truth they're trying to get out of John. But then once he's tied up again, Larry and Amanda are just like accusing him of being a federal informant and they keep asking him to to tell them who he is and all this being like weird shouting at him like accusing him of being this federal informant yeah that's paranoid drug stuff for sure and so john's like pleading at this point he's like please stop like i don't know what you're talking about stop just quit like here's my social security number here's this here's everything you need like I don't care what you do. Like, here's all my information. This is who I am. Like, just stop. But um, they continue to scream and torture and do all of these things until all hours of the night until at least 6 a.m. the next morning. Holy shit. Yeah, they're doing a lot of drugs. Yeah. So they just don't stop. They're up all night just doing this weirdo stuff. Who knows? I don't even know what else happened to John if they just tied him up and screamed at him this whole time or if they did other things. Yeah. I have no idea. I mean, they started off with hitting him with a wine bottle, so they may yeah. be hitting him and stuff. Yeah, they're probably doing some sort of other stuff, but I didn't, I didn't get any details on that. So the next day after this freaking shouting match and torturing of John for hours, um, they decide to relocate him into a bedroom and they're going to hog tie him with a rope around his neck. Like, they seem to think that he needs to be very constrained the entire time. Well, because he's younger than Larry, and Amanda and Anna are both women, so he could overpower any of them individually. Yeah, you're, tr- you're true, true. Yeah. He's 38, by the way. 
And so Larry's... much younger. He's 55. Okay, yeah. So he's much younger. And then the girls are 33 and 31. So they're even younger. Yeah, but men um, are just typically stronger than women. So he could overpower the girls yeah. and Larry probably. Probably. So they hogtie him with this rope around their neck. And then Larry and Amanda are still on this thing, like telling him they're going to give him the truth serum which was like sodium pentol or sodium pento pentatol. I don't know how to pronounce it. I sound like a jackass. I don't know what it is <laughs> at all. Is it real? But uh, <laughs> well, I think it's real. It's they. It's also known as the truth serum. So I don't know if it's a real thing or just like a mind game. Like, oh, we're gonna give you this truth serum, and then you're just gonna tell us all the truth. Is that you a real know? thing? Sounds like Harry Potter. I don't know if it's a real thing or not, <laughs> or just like a mind fuck. I don't know. So they tell him, we're going to give you this truth serum. We're going to put you in the back of my truck, and we're going to take you all the way back to Minnesota and just leave you there for someone to find you, for everybody to find you. And I'm like, I still don't understand like that part. Like, What's the point of th- doing that and then just, taking him and leaving him like yeah honestly that would have been the best thing they could have done for him he's like okay please do that thank you yeah bring okay. me back to my family in minnesota and let someone find me that'd be great like, yeah thanks go ahead and throw me in the back of your truck i don't care if i'm in the bed of the truck all the way to minnesota <laughs> i could give two shits just get me there poor, um poor that would have definitely been the best option for him but unfortunately that is not his fate. The torture continues, and that um, liquid bad batch of meth. Do you remember that little jar of liquid? Uh, yeah. Now that comes into play, and I guess Anna had some sort of nursing experience because that's tell, horrifying. Yeah. So they tell her. So Amanda and Larry tell Anna that she's going to inject John's car carotid artery carotid oh carotid carotid i like literally when i was typing this up i'm like carotid carotid (laughs) i'd like pronounce it like fucking 12 different ways it's one of those words that looks weird when you read it yeah carotid carotid there you go carotid (laughs) i say it i looked at that i'm like carotid violante um yeah, well, it's my week to pronounce weird shit. Um, carotid. So, so they're like, all right, well, you're going to inject him in his carotid artery. And so, of course, she's like, all right, well, I got to do what they tell me to do. So this is February 15th. I don't know what time. If it was early or later in the day. Because, um, I mean, I don't know if these people fucking sleep or if they just don't. Mess. <laughs> Yeah, so it's February 15th at some time in the day. I don't know, early, late, probably later in the day. Yeah, but unless you just stay up for hours and days and Yeah, that's not her. healthy. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Doing uh, meth and not sleeping, both individually are not healthy, but together, uh, like, also not healthy. <laughs> yeah, it's super not healthy together. Um, so... After she injects him with this stuff, they're like, oh, well, that ought to kill him. Um, That's what Amanda says as they walk out of the room. That should be enough to kill him. And, however, it did not. Um, 
apparently it had the opposite side effects. So he ends up just getting high and he has like super strength. Oh my God. He had like crazy meth injected straight into his bloodstream. Yeah. So that he he's just like high as shit and he's just like super strength. But at this point, it's like all hands on deck because they're like, oh, fudge. He's not dying. He's the Hulk. (laughs) Yeah. So they're all like holding him down, putting his face in the cushions, like fighting him. And then they are Larry and Amanda at this point are like, okay, well, now you have to finish this, Anna. Like you have to finish it now. So they're all helping. So they're all doing one thing or another, holding him down or shoving his face in the cushions. And then Anna is, has to strangle him so she strangles him while everybody's holding him down and then he does die okay so i get why her version of the story makes her try and be the least responsible because she's the one who actually murdered him yeah so she's doing all the things um at this point they do kill him and i'm not sure how long after they kill him they leave him there i'm pretty sure like immediately after they make her take all of his belongings and go burn them in like a bonfire to destroy evidence. Okay, if you're leaving, keep going. If these awful people are making you do bad things, just leave and don't come back. Yeah, you know, you could just be like, okay, I'll go burn his stuff and then just go to the police. Bye! <laughs> See ya! But what a fucking concept, lady. Yeah, Hello. I'm just having a hard time believing she wasn't in on the plan to begin yeah. with. I don't, I, don't, I don't know. So they kill him. They were like, you need to get rid of his stuff. Blah, blah, blah. Go burn it. And then now she comes back from doing that. And she was tasked with getting his body into a trash bag. Okay. Why is she doing all the heavy labor? Oh, I don't know. That's what, that's my question. But <laughs> they basically just like tell her what to do apparently. And they just watch her do all this hard work. So Cinderella, Cinderella. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so his body's already like become rigor mortis, and so she's not easily able to like just like put him in a ball and put him in a bag, oh, you know. God. So she's explaining this, and she has to stop. And she's like, "I don't ever want to hear that sound in my life again." <sighs> she had to like move his limbs to get him in the bag oh my god and it was not a easy task apparently oh yeah not great so after she does that they're like okay go drag this to my truck and so they drag the bag to the truck and they put him in back of larry's truck and then they decide to drive around for like majority of the day with this dead guy in the truck and I maybe guess they were like trying to find a good burial spot, but they ended up back in Sky Gusty, West Virginia, where they all lived. And then they began to dig a grave after driving around all day with this dead guy in the truck. Oh my God. Don't do drugs, kids. <laughs> yeah. They go for a joyride with this dead guy. And they're like, oh shit. Oh, let's go home. Well, we I guess we should just go dig a grave now. We gotta get rid of his body. We've been awake for 72 hours. Let's go dig a hole. <laughs> yeah. So now it's probably like the 16th by now at least. <laughs> um, and 
the first part of the deed is complete. So John's dead. They've already got home. They dig the grave. And now they're just like going on about their business like nothing happened. And this is where it gets real gnarly. This is where it gets gnarly? This right here? This is the gnarly part? What? More more of the gnarliness. Yeah. (laughs) So like I said before, the other theory why they killed John is because Larry got upset because he wanted to be with his daughter. And that will come to fruition very shortly. Um, Immediately after they killed John, Amanda and her dad start having a relationship. (laughs) Like, right after they bury him, almost immediately. After? Are we sure? I mean, it could have happened before. I mean, uh, they killed Amanda B together. But... Yeah. Far. (sighs) I... Uh, No words. Yeah. Yuck. Blech. Like, she had to have been the kid he was molesting, right? I get it. Uh, 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 yeah, I think so. Uh, and like, I just, I don't know. He has two daughters. They're very close in age. Chances are they were both being molested by him as children. Oh, they yeah. grew up in drug homes without a dad. The only dad they knew molested them when they were very small. And then he went away and then all of a sudden came back in their lives and then wanted to marry one of them, basically. So, Uh, yeah, it's disgusting. These poor girls, like, yeah, they made bad choices, but... I mean, they didn't have the greatest hand dealt to them. Yeah, like, just growing up in a drug home alone is so much to overcome. And then add, I'm just assuming there was drugs involved in their parents' lives when they were kids. Based yeah. on the rest of the story. But, uh, like, they were dealt a bad hand. Like, the chances yeah. of them overcoming and being good people in societies, slim. It's doable. People do it every day. People are molested and grow up to be yeah. great people every single day. But it's, I don't, I don't know. That's yeah. hard. I think, I think Anna was not too bad off because she, um, there was a part of, like, her adoptive parents they come to like the trial at some point or whatever. And they like tell John's mom, like, I'm sorry for our daughter's involvement, blah, blah, blah. So, I mean, I think she actually had maybe a decent life after she was adopted and she was away, but I just don't understand why she came back. Yeah. Like I don't weird. know. Maybe she wanted closure or something. I don't know. And then she just got stuck. I, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. That's crazy. So, um, two weeks, they they buried him and two weeks go by. And it, Amanda's on fucking drugs again because she's like, John's not dead. I need proof. Oh, God. And so she tells Anna, she's like, you need to go and you need to uncover the body. Okay, Anna could have left by now. So maybe she's not that innocent. She should have left. Like, I would have been like, peace the F out and go into the police station immediately after the Yeah, or be like, well, they made me kill a person. I'm sorry. I'm turning myself in. I'm here. Please save me from these people. And then maybe you'll have a little bit of leeway with those police. I don't know. Yeah, no. She doesn't doesn't do any of that. She is totally just in for the long haul. So we've already had two weeks go by. And then Amanda's like, he's not dead. I need proof. So they they go unbury the body. And then Amanda is just like, 
oh, his hair is, uh, the, the hair on his head is growing. He's not dead. He can't be dead if his hair is growing. And, like, I don't really know how noticeable hair growth would be in, like, two weeks. Yeah. On a dead body. I mean, is it true your hair and nails keep growing after you die? I've heard that, but I don't know. But not, like, forever. Yeah, not, like, forever. And maybe on a dude who had, like, a really short haircut, it would be noticeable, but... Maybe. She's on drugs. I think she's just yeah, she's on drugs. Totally, she's really freaking on drugs. Yeah, she's so, tripping. Mad tripping. Yeah, so she's just going ape shit, and it's like, he's not dead, his hair is growing out as he dead, blah, blah, blah. And so daddy, or gross. <laughs> Why did I say it like that? <laughs> like, dead pause, and both of us were just like, they don't like it. Yeah, that's not <laughs> so, so, what's daddy do for Amanda now? <laughs> he comes through and he's like, oh, honey, I'll make sure he's dead. And then, post mortem, he takes bed rails and a sledgehammer and he pounds them through his body into the ground. After all of the torture that this poor guy has been through his dead body his corpse. Is mutilated oh my god um and so he's like oh honey he's dead he's really dead daddy took care of it for you baby Ugh. <laughs> that's gross Ugh. oh uh, my god <laughs> like they so, had to have been having an intimate relationship before they killed the guy right Ugh. Ugh. gross Probably. Oh my God. What a gross um, sentence to even say. So, like, come on. You guys haven't done enough damage. Just freaking quit. Yeah. So, you you dug him up. He's dead. Yeah. You don't need to prove it. You, he's fucking dead. If he was alive, he wouldn't be sitting chilling in the fucking ground, you idiot. Uh, drugs. Uh, yeah. And so, mental instability. Like, Amanda is not uh, okay. No, she's got some severe issues. She's in a relationship with her father, so married to her father. Oh my god, what? That's how. Um. Oh, I spilled the beans before my <laughs> next sentence. So after this reassurance, reassurance was made. Um, they all decide that they're going to take a trip to Tazewell County, Virginia, and Amanda and Larry. Father and mother freaking daughter apply for a marriage license and get married. Don't you have to give your social security number on a marriage license? So, like, doesn't that get checked? Like, I guess. Apparently, she put, like, another guy's name for her father on the paperwork or something. I mean, I um, bet they barely even check that because they just don't expect it to happen. And they just, like, people know it's not legal, so they don't do it. Because it's gross. It's definitely not legal in Virginia to marry your family members. But I guess nobody is really checking that. Yeah. Are they? I I have no idea. I I guess not very well. Yeah. So they get this marriage license and they end up getting married on March 11th of 2019. So almost a month has gone by since John's been dead and they're still just doing their fucking business. And they just got married. Ew. Ew. Um, and they make Anna go be their witness. Make, quote unquote. Yeah, quote unquote, make. 
Amanda go be their witness and they tell her, you're going to be a happy witness for us. You're going to act like you love us. She's not leaving. So yeah, she obviously, obviously she's not fucking going anywhere, guys. You don't really have to do much more convincing. Yeah. They, she's not, you're not pulling teeth here. Uh, so yeah, gross. They get married and then that's not it. That's not all. Oh God. Does she get pregnant? Oh, God, no. Thank God. Thank God. (laughs) Thank God. Because that would be just like the, that would just be. Icing on top of the puke cake. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, no, she doesn't get pregnant. But um, they decide that they're going to dig John up another time. What? Oh, my God. And this this time they're going to dig him up. Um, They're going to dismember him. And then they're going to rebury him in two different places because Larry was doing landscaping to sell his home in Sky Gusty, West Virginia. And they didn't want the body found? Nope. So they, they were going to dismember <sighs> him and disperse him in the landscaping. Ew. Yeah. I really hope there's no body parts in the landscaping at my house. Seriously. like. Oh, God. What the f- yeah and this is like the, uh, a long time after he died yeah well over a month like yeah, he's been dug um, up twice oh my god so at this point anna is finally free quote unquote and makes her way back home to north carolina well you know the newlyweds want to have some time to themselves yeah they already <laughs> consummated the marriage <laughs> Ugh. Yeah, disgusting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so gross. You're not giving West Virginia a good name. Well, mm, <laughs> this is all I could find, West Virginia. <laughs> it was slim picking, okay? You want better stories, have more crime. Yeah. <laughs> more crime, <laughs> less incest, all right? <laughs> um, so now Anna's like, okay, peace the F out, guys. Y'all are sick. I'm going back home to my kids and my adoptive family that just is so great. Um, I have a hard time believing that. Yeah, I didn't really get too much information, so I can't judge whether they're great people or not great people. No, I, I'm sure they're fine. I just have a hard time believing that she was like, you guys are gross. I'm out of here. Because oh, yeah, she stayed no. for she, a really long time. Yeah, she was probably just like, uh, all right, bye guys. Yeah. And it was nice seeing you. Oh, nice I, visit. I just remembered I have kids and you guys are out of meth for me. So I'm going to go home now. <laughs> yeah. Like, see you later. Okay. Thanks. Bye. Really, her adoptive parents were probably nice and she probably could have called them at any time and was like, please help me come home. And they would have sent her money to get home or something, you know? Or she could have called them and been like, oh my God, please send the police here. Yeah. Like she could have got Like out. so like, many things. I just don't believe she was an unwilling participant for like two months. Uh, That's hard to believe. I didn't think I'd buy it either. So now they're married. Months go on. Anna's back in North Carolina. And then we fast forward to the very beginning of the story when I told you Larry got arrested. Yeah. So that was in like September, I think. Holy cow. Yeah. September and they killed him on Valentine's. Well, like February sixteenth or fifteenth. Yeah. In the in those days, so like a long time. And like I said, no one was really like looking for him. So if Larry didn't get arrested and didn't confess to this stuff, 
who knows if his body would have been found or when it would have been found. And these three people could have just been continuously living their life out. So in September, they finally get this confession. They get all the details from Larry and they, they discover McGuire's body, John McGuire's body, um, where it was buried, the remnants of it. And so then like shit goes down and they're like, all right. So Larry, he's like, no, I don't want a trial. Like he writes this letter and there's like a portion of it. That's just like, don't, I don't want taxpayers money used, blah, blah, blah. I plead guilty. No contest. Like just avoid the trial. Convict me. Blah, blah, blah. Um, that's so, weird. Huh. Yeah. So he pleads guilty. No contest to avoid the trial. And he's convicted of first degree murder. So he was sentenced to life without mercy on August 12th of 2020. Wow. Yeah. And then Amanda, she was sentenced to 40 years in prison for first degree murder. And Anna, she, I didn't find exactly what her sentence was, but I believe she did plead guilty. And so she could face up to 40 years in prison, but I couldn't find her actual sentencing. Huh. But this just, like, was last, no, two years ago. Well, no, last year. Yeah, 2020. But, yeah, that's a freaking weird, gross story and, like, unfortunate and... They're murderers, but I do feel bad for those girls. Yeah, I feel bad, but, like, they were all turning on each other. In, like, these articles, the dad was like pinning the girls but then the girls are like no the dad made us do it blah 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 um so it's kind of like a he said she said yeah like, but he's their dad and he married one of them and yeah. was arrested for molesting a child when they were children so i'm leaning towards one of them being more of a fucking predator than the others yeah and also the fucking larry was like I want to be in protective custody because I don't feel safe. No, you shouldn't be in protective custody. They should feed you to the wolves, you yeah. freaking nasty. You're a child molester in prison. You won't and be you safe. And you married your own daughter. You're yeah. gross. Oh, so gross. That's a disturbing like, story. You should not be in protective custody. You should not get special treatment. None of it. Ew. Ew, ew, ew. Thanks for that, yeah. Amber. <laughs> I told you my story was just as weird as it was awful this week. It really was. Like just kept oh. coming with the grossness. Yeah, you thought it was bad, and then you're just like, "Oh God, does it ever stop?" Yeah, like, oof. yeah, that was a rough pill to swallow this week. <laughs> yeah, some slim picking, though. Yeah, West Virginia didn't have a lot. So I mean, good job for that, West Virginia. That was what I came up with. Go big or go home, I guess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> okay, you ready for a story with no incest in it? Uh, yes, please. <laughs> me too. Yeah, that was too much for me. Yeah, that story was a lot. And Out I, of my comfort zone. Yeah, and I tried to do one of my... I'm really into, like, con men, you know, lighter-hearted, yeah. interesting crime stories. Couldn't find one in West Virginia. I had to go with a murderer. They just don't have a lot of crazy crime in West Virginia, so. Yeah, it was rough. Slim pickings, man. <laughs> but I, I, it's no incest at all. <laughs> that's that's a plus. That's a 
a win in my book. It's a pretty interesting story. So I'm going to tell you about Harry Powers. He was also known as the Bluebeard of Quiet Dell. So Harry Powers was born in 1892 in the Netherlands and was named Herman Drenth at birth. Herman Drenth? Yeah, Drenth. And so then he later on changed his name to Harry Powers. And then maybe not even legally, he just went by Harry Powers later on. So his family moved from Holland. Holland's in the Netherlands, right? I think so. So they moved to Iowa in 1910 when he was 18 years old and they began farming in Iowa for several years and eventually he moved to West Virginia. I don't know if his whole family moved to West Virginia or if he just kind of took off on his own but in 1926 when he was in his early 30s he moved to West Virginia. So shortly after moving to West Virginia Harry responded to an ad in the Lonely Hearts magazine. Man. So they had these magazines that were doing really well in the 1920s. Like, it was a way for single people to meet other single people (laughs) without having to, like, go out and meet people. And most of the people in it were, like, older. They were widows or widowers. And it was just a nice way for them to meet other established people who were also single. So they had to pay an annual fee for this magazine. It's called a magazine, but they would get sent listings of other eligible people that they might be able to match with. So men had to pay $4.95 for an annual subscription, and women had to pay $1.95 for an annual subscription. Of course women only had to pay $1.95 because all the men are like, give me all the women. Yeah, you gotta have lady options. Um, <laughs> so adjusted for inflation, that's about $64 that the men had to, play, had to pay and only $25 for the women for a year subscription. So huh. it's 1927 and he responds responds to the ant. Respond, he, he, he responds to the ant. <laughs> <laughs> to the ant, did you put. So in 1927, he responded to the ant. I'm going to tell the rest of my story like this. Okay. <laughs> we'll have zero listeners by the time this story ends. <laughs> did we lose you yet? <laughs> okay, great. <laughs> hold, hold my beer. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> So in 1927, he responded to the ad of Luelle Struther. She owned a farm and a grocery store in Quiet Dell, West Virginia, and he started sending her letters because apparently these ads gave you their address or P.O. box or something, and you could send them letters and then they could write you back if they were interested, etc. And these two hit it off and soon they were married. So Harry's married, but, like, he's not really happy with the idea of just settling down and running a farm and a grocery store for the rest of his life. That sounds kind of cool. He wants more money. Dude wants moolah. And in finding his wife through these Lonely Hearts ads, he got an idea. So Harry decides that he's going to start posting his own ad in the Lonely Heart magazines to find wealthy widows to take advantage of because why not right okay yeah so he starts putting an ad in these magazines um that he himself was a wealthy widower and he was worth hundred and fifty thousand dollars and he had an income from four hundred to two thousand dollars a month really mm-hmm. so he's uh. doing super well according to his ad 
and he's a civil engineer. He has a beautiful 10-room brick home. It's completely furnished. 10-room brick home? That sounds nice. Yeah, it does. He's a civil engineer that is worth a lot of money. And so it's furnished with everything that would make a good woman happy. And he said, my wife would have her own car and plenty of spending money, would have nothing to do but enjoy herself. So, of course, women started responding to this ad, like, right away. They were like, um, yeah, I want a wealthy widower. (laughs) Sign me up. That's going to just provide for me forever. And so the post postal records um, later indicated that he would receive 10 to 20 letters a day in response to his ads. Wow. So his ad gave like the basicest of information. It said that. He was like, uh, I'm wealthy. I make a good income. My wife died. I live in this nice home. And that was it. And so then he'd get these wi- these women responding to him being like, oh, hi, I'm a 50-year-old widow. And my husband died eight years ago. I've just been raising my kids. He was like a lawyer or whatever and so he could gauge by their response whether or not they had money for him to steal and what he needed to be in response because he didn't put an age in it or anything in his original ad so after they sent him their age and location and stuff he would be like oh "Oh, i'm also 50 and blah 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 (laughs) so he he would he had like a template but he would just change certain things to fit the different women basically. You do find all these like con artists, man. Yeah. All these little scammers. This guy's a piece of work. So he would write back and forth with these women and then he'd tell his wife that he was going on business trips and he needed to Mm. go out of town for a few days and he would go visit these women in their towns. So they'd write back and forth for a while, and then he would go visit them and, like, schmooze them and stuff. So in 1931, Harry began writing to Asta Eicher. Asta Eicher. Asta Eicher in Illinois. He told her his name was Cornelius O. Pearson. Oh. Which I think if you're going to have, like, a fake name, Cornelius is, like, fantastic. (laughs) Yeah, I mean... Yeah, I guess. If you're having a fake name, Cornelius. Cornelius O. Pearson. Might as well be Cornelius the Great. (laughs) Or something. Basically. And Mm -hmm. so Asta is a 50-year-old mother of three. Her husband had been a silversmith and had died eight years earlier. And after his death, she just dedicated her life to her three children. Her children were now 14, 12, and 9. And Asta decided to dip her toe back in the romance pool. So she's looking at these Lonely Hearts magazines that everybody's into these days. And she sees this ad for Cornelius and he seems like a dreamboat. So she responds to his ad, writes him a letter. They hit it off. And soon Cornelius comes to visit her and her children in Illinois. Things went super well during his visit, and the two of them decided to take a little trip together without the kids, you know, get to know each other better. <laughs> so, yeah. And so Asta left her kids with a babysitter named Elizabeth, and a few days after they left, Elizabeth received a letter that was supposedly from Asta, and it said that Cornelius would be coming to get the kids so they could all be together again. So... Um, As the letter stated, Cornelius showed up shortly thereafter and picked up the kids from Elizabeth. He loaded them in the car 
and then he drove immediately to the bank. Elizabeth didn't know that. She was just the babysitter and she was like, okay, cool, bye. <laughs> and so Cornelius picks up these kids, drives them to the bank, and he sends one of them into the bank with a check signed by their mom to withdraw some money from her bank account. But as soon as the person at the bank looked at the check they were like "Mm, this is a fake signature we can't cash this for you so the kid comes back out to the car and is like they wouldn't take it and cornelius is like fuck and just drives off real fast with the kids fuck (laughs) (laughs) well damn it that didn't work (laughs) (laughs) and (laughs) it's not a quote i'm not sure what he said he said Fuck. Fuck, that didn't work. Get in the car, we're going. Um, And then Asta and her three children were never seen again. Oh, yikes. Yeah. Asta and three children? Yeah. So he ran away with her, and the girl was babysitting her kids, and then the girl gets a letter saying, hey, Cornelius is going to come get the kids so we can all be together. And the babysitter's like, okay, cool. So he shows up by himself and picks up the three kids, but Asta's not with him. Oh, no, 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 no. Yeah, and then he tries the bank stunt. Fuck. And then they drive off, and Asta and the kids are never seen again. Yeah. So around this same time, Dorothy Lemke in Northborough, Massachusetts, was looking for love. She was also a 50-year-old widow, and she responded to a Lonely Hearts ad. And soon she was falling for a wealthy man who lived in Iowa. Cornelius O. Pearson? Yep, that was his name, weirdly enough. Oh, he kept it? He didn't switch it up? I I think he used this one for a little while. But, uh, okay, so just disclaimer, (laughs) this story is very old. And there's a lot of conflicting information on different articles. It's brief. Like, I I really had to read a bunch of different articles and then put them together in chronological order because some of them went into details about, like, his relationship with Asta. And then another one went into his relationship with Dorothy. And then one of them skipped over the relationship information and just went into other stuff. So it's I really had to do my best to find the true story. So that's what we got. So I think he was going by Cornelius with Dorothy as well. But he said he lived in Iowa, not West Virginia. He told Asta that he lived in West Virginia. So, you know, just a weird like, discrepancy. Like differences. <laughs> yeah, you know, People like you do. People states all the time. Hello. <sighs> I, I'm like the prodigy of that. <laughs> Some people uh, do that. Cornelius yeah. was one of those people. Cornelius and Amber moving across the country. F my life, man. <laughs> so after they wrote back and forth for a while, he convinced her to come to Iowa with him so they could get married. He he told her, like he went and met her in Illinois where she was living. Or no, she was in Massachusetts, sorry. So he goes to Massachusetts after him and Dorothy have been writing back and forth for a while. And he's like, oh my God, I love you so much. Let's get married. You should go take $4,000 out of your bank account to help us get started in this whole married life thing. And I'll take care of you from then on out. We just need $4,000 cash to get all our stuff moved and stuff, you know. And she was like, sounds legit. Okay. I'd be like, "Um, how about two from you and two from me? Like, uh, you want four from me? The fuck you. And this was 1931. So $4,000 is about... It's a lot of money. It's about $68,000 today. Whew. Yeah. So it was probably like her life savings, really. 
grudge. And she withdraws it, and then they go travel on their way. She thinks they're going to Iowa to get married and spend their life together. And then, unfortunately, Dorothy and Lemke was never seen again. (laughs) Of course she was never seen again. Oh, boy. Yeah. So, about two months after this, and so this happened around the same time, like very, very close together, the whole Asta thing and then the Dorothy thing. So, about two months after Asta and her children had gone missing, people started to notice. So, at first, they, the rumor going around was that they were on a trip to Europe, which I think is what he must have told the babysitter. And that's the only way I can imagine hmm. people like hearing about it. Like, oh, they're going on a trip to Europe with the kids to celebrate their new marriage or whatever. So, yeah. But they were gone for like a really long time. Even if it was just a trip to Europe, they would have been back by now. And so people were starting to get kind of concerned. And before Asta had disappeared, she had been renting a room to a man named William O'Boyle. And she told him that he had to find another place to live because Cornelius was going to be coming and renting that room from her. And so, sorry, get out. Bye. Peace out. Yeah, sorry, William. And so he did. He found another place to live and he left. But then and in July, she goes off with Cornelius. And in August, William came back to her house to get some of the tools that he had left behind. But when he got to her house, she wasn't there. The kids weren't there. But he ran into that Cornelius guy again. And he seemed to be emptying out the house, like getting rid of the stuff, gathering all the valuables and tossing out everything else. he was. So William's like, "Um, hey, Cornelius, where's Asta and the kids? And Cornelius is like, oh, they moved to Colorado. They asked me to take care of the property. So, like, he even pulled out a letter that Asta had supposedly written, and um, he was like, yeah, see, I've been paying the property taxes and the mortgage, and I'm just tidying up the house now to rent it out. And William's like, that's weird. Uh, (laughs) William didn't really buy the story. He was like, that doesn't make sense. And so he asked for more details about where Asta specifically had moved to, and Cornelius got real weird and wouldn't give him any more information. So William's like, yeah, I'm going to call the cops. So William goes to the police and he tells them like, hey, Asta Ikers and her kids are gone. I haven't seen them since July. And this guy Cornelius is at her house. He said he was from Fairmont, West Virginia. But I, I just, his story seems weird. Will you guys look into it? And so the police are like, yeah, for sure. So they call the police or something. They reach out to someone in Fairmont, West Virginia. And they're like, hey, we have Cornelius. Cornelius O. Pearson here from <laughs> Fairmont, West Virginia, and uh, we're just trying to follow up on his wife or something. And the police in Fairmont are like, mm, yeah, there's nobody here by that name. And so they're like, huh. So then they go and search Asta's home and they find all of the letters that she had been writing back and forth with Cornelius. And they were able to track the letters back to Quiet Dell, West Virginia instead of Fairmount, Fairmont. And so when they asked around Quiet Dell, everybody was like, mm, that sounds, that description of that guy sounds a lot like Harry Powers. We don't have a Cornelius, but Harry Powers is probably your man. So they were like, okay, so we know Cornelius isn't who he says. We're pretty sure he's Harry. Let's go arrest him. So they arrest him. Pretty I sure. Yeah. They, they, can, they can just arrest him? 
well, he was lying and there was suspicious circumstances about where this woman is. So, so they arrest him for questioning. And I'm not sure if it's, if he's already back in West Virginia at this point, or if he's still in Illinois at Asta's house. I'm, I'm unsure, but he gets arrested and they start questioning him about what's going on. I think when they looked more into the letters, they were able to confirm it was Harry Powers. So they knew he was lying about who he was. And now he's involved in a missing woman case and her kids. And now they're like, oh, shit, honing in. Yeah. So they're questioning him. And he at first is insisting that Asta and her kids went to Colorado. and But they keep pushing him and keep pushing him. And so finally he's like, okay, okay. She came back to West Virginia with me. And he won't tell him anything else. But that's enough for them to get a search warrant. So... They get a search warrant for his home in West Virginia. And when they searched his home, they found some sketchy business. So in the last few months, Harry had built a garage on his property behind his house. And under the garage, he built a basement. And this basement had either two or four bedrooms, depending on which article you read. But it was set up as a torture chamber, basically. Oh, boy. Um, so it had multiple rooms and it had like a plexiglass wall set up basically on one side. So you could look through it and watch on the other side. And yeah. And then they found bloody clothing. They found hair, a burned bank book, and a small bloody footprint in these rooms under his new Oh, a small bloody footprint. I know, right? (laughs) That's a heartbreaking sentence. Oh. Um, so as the police are searching his property and being more and more convinced that he did something terrible, people in the surrounding area were like gossip goes crazy, especially in a small oh, yeah. town in the 1930s. So everybody's showing up outside his house to like watch the search happen. And while they're standing there, a 15 year old boy pulled one of the police officers aside and he's like, Hey, just so you know, the other day, Harry had me help him dig a ditch on his property. Oh. And they're like, oh, fuck. And so he tells them where the ditch was. They go, they see there's some freshly filled in hole on the ground. And they dig it up and they find four bodies. Oh, boy. Scratch that five bodies. (laughs) They found Asta Iker, all three of her kids, Uh and Dorothy Lemke. So her three kids, two of them were girls and one was a boy. All of the females had been strangled and then the only boy was beaten to death. Oh my god. Yeah. So while searching all of his belongings, they also found in the trunk of his car, it was full of letters from these Lonely Heart magazine ads. Lonely Heart. Man, yikes. He had letters from over a hundred different women in the trunk of his car. Good thing he got caught when he did. Uh, who knows? No one knows. So they they don't they know he's planning on doing this more with these women, but they don't know how much he's done it before, basically. Oh yeah. Like his garage was new and the hole he dug was new. And when they searched other areas of his property, they didn't find bodies. But the police officers that were involved in the case are convinced that he killed more people. So, uh, in the rooms under his garage, they found basically a makeshift gas chamber. 
So it's, uh. yeah, it's believed he would bring the women into that room and then like put a noose around their neck and then gas them to death and derive sexual pleasure from watching them die. That sounds terrible. Yeah. One article said that he was quoted as saying that watching them die beat any cat house he was ever in. What? Another article said that he tried- What's a cat house? Like a whorehouse. Whorehouse? Yeah. (laughs) Or like a strip club, maybe, but one of the two. But um, another article said that he tried to let Asta's son watch with him. Oh, no. But then when he started screaming, he had to beat him to death. Oh, my God. That's disgusting. So these details are leaking out and the public is outraged. No one could believe this monster was living among them and they believed he had more victims. People were pissed. Police said that he may have had up to Victi... 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 Victi's. (laughs) 50 victims... (laughs) Victies. Victies. Police said he may have had up to 50 victims, but when he was asked about it, he said, You got me on five. What good would 50 more do? Oh, God. Yeah. I doubt personally there were that many. I feel like there couldn't have been that many more, right? I feel like they would have been able to track him down. He had all the letters. Yeah. Missing women are kind of noticeable. So I feel like they might have been able to link them to him. But it was across the country, so maybe there was a couple more. Who knows? Um, he'd been married to his wife for four years. And if he got the idea from her Lonely Heart ad, he could have been at this for four years already. So it's hard oh, to say. It's hard yeah. to say. Um, one of the articles said that they found the belongings of a bunch of other women in his property. But only one article said that. So again, it's just one of those things that I'm like piecing together the information. The people in the surrounding area were livid. They, while he was in the local jail, they tried to form a lynch mob to hang him in the streets. So he got moved to another prison in another town. And then his trial was held in an opera house so they could seat all the people that wanted to watch. And apparently during his trial, he took the stand and he cried. And he said, Of course he did. Yeah. He said he was in an unhappy marriage, and that's why he'd placed the Lonely Hearts ad and talked to those women, but he never killed anybody. Mm, Of course. Of course he never killed anybody. So the jury deliberated for an hour and 50 minutes before finding him guilty and sentencing him to death by hanging. Oh, hanging. Yikes. I feel like I am glad that that's like that's not a thing anymore, right? No, I don't, it can't be. It's too slow. I'm like I'm. I'm really glad that that's not a thing anymore because I can't even imagine. It's like in- inhumane. Yeah, like maybe there's some people that might deserve to be tortured like that, but mm, I don't know. Side note: One of the things I read about West Virginia in my research, they stopped doing hangings because one time. When they were hanging a criminal in West Virginia, he was decapitated in the process. Oh my goodness gracious. And that's when it they stopped doing hangings in West Virginia. So Yikes. that wasn't this guy though. <laughs> he was hanged on March 18th, 1932. And there's actually a bunch of pictures of him, like real pictures of this guy. And there's pictures of him, like, before he got caught, and he's got this, like, fedora on and a suit, thinking he's, like, a badass. But he just kind of has this, like, 
chubby face and big nose. But um, then there's pictures of him while he was in jail. And apparently after he got arrested, he fell down the stairs. Oh, or he just got the shit beat out of himself. Yeah. So he has two black eyes and bruises and cuts all over his body. There's actually a picture of him in, like, his jailhouse pants without a shirt on, sitting on, like, a garbage can. And you can just see, like, these huge... It's black and white, but you can see his big black eyes and bruises all over his body, cuts on his legs. He did not fall down the stairs. Yeah, if you don't... That doesn't happen falling down the stairs, bro. Yeah. try. A couple of those lynch mob, mob members got a hold of him, or those police were just not having it. Yeah. But that is the story of Harry Powers. Huh. Yeah. Well, I'm glad he got beat up. Yeah. He sucked. I feel bad for his wife. Yeah. My story sucked, too. But that's so crazy. Like, he was doing, like, catfishing long before Before, the internet existed. Before it was a thing. Yeah. Like, that was the Tinder of the 20s. Yeah. Oh, Tinder of the 20s. That's a good one. <laughs> We're in the 20s right now, too. Oh, yeah, that's true. That's true. This is two girls who have never had Tinder. Yeah. <laughs> like, I just know it's a thing, but uh, I, I don't know anything about it. I've never seen the actual app. I have because my sister let me get on hers and like look oh, at guys and swipe I forward. I remember when we were doing that. Yeah, we did that on Zoom. That was fun. We were like, um, no, not that guy. No, <laughs> not that guy. Uh, okay. Nothing ever came of that, darn it. Shucks. Um, <laughs> I have a joke this time. Oh, good. I was just looking for one. Cool. I don't have to do that. I have one. Lay it on me. All right. So a rabbit and a bear were both squatting down side by side, having a poop in the woods. The bear turns to the rabbit and says, do you ever get poop stuck in your fur? The rabbit replies, nope, not really. So the bear grabs the rabbit and wipes his butt with it. Gross. <laughs> I guess that's not really a joke, but... <laughs> it's just not a call and response joke, but it's still a joke. <laughs> Poor bunny. <laughs> I heard that one today on Instagram, because uh, one of the people that I follow... He was telling the joke, and he was trying to tell his kid, but she's, like, enamored in her phone, and she's watching TikTok or some something, and so he tells her that joke, and she just ignores him, and then he's just like, man, that used to hit so hard when I was a kid. (laughs) She's just not not paying any attention at all, and I was like, oh, I'm totally using that joke tonight. (laughs) Oh, that's funny. Uh, I had never heard that one before. Yeah, me neither. That's funny. Kids these days, hard to impress, man. Uh, yeah, super hard to impress. They're <laughs> all into TikTok and shiz. Okay, that's West Virginia. Next week we're in Ohio. 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 Uh, I know a bunch of people from Ohio. Oh, the Ohio. The, wow, what did I Oh, the Ohio boys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that. Oh, the Ohio. Oh, the Ohio. I don't know what was, what just came out of my mouth. Oh, the Ohio. But I'm 
meant to say the Ohio boys. Yes. Or the oil. I, I can't say Ohio. <laughs> oh, the Ohio. That's a hard sentence. Oh, the, ho oh, the Ohio. <laughs> you see? Oh, the Ohio. Oh, man. Right. Yeah, we're going to be there. Yep, next week, Ohio. Thanks for listening. We list all of our sources in our show notes. So if you want to read more about our article, our stories, we link to the articles. Let us know what you think. We hope you guys enjoyed. Thanks for listening. Follow us on social media. We love you guys. Bye. Bye.